let's go into our actual movie review uh, today. We're going to be actually talking about Batman from 1989 uh, with a strong, strong current day geriatric cast of a lot of famous people. Some of those people are famous because of the fact that they're still technically in the DC universe and also currently in the MCU in the, uh, universe as well, such as Michael Keaton. Now you got the legendary uh, actor as well as Jack Nicholson, Kim Basinger, uh, Jack uh, Palance, uh, Billy D. Williams, Michael Goh, uh, Robert Wool, amongst other people inside of this. So uh, the soundtrack by Prince. Oh my gosh! Yeah. You got to go by the soundtrack, not by the uh, the the original score. The score is totally different from the actual. That's the thing that you hear, like the the actual Batman theme song. But the soundtrack is totally different. And the, the Dan Yelkman. Uh, yeah, man, party like it's nineteen ninety nine. Oh my gosh, man! Like it felt so good. So, um, Jamel, man, take us take us on a, this this journey right now with Batman in nineteen eighty nine. All right, just to set the stage. Batman, uh, the 60s Adam West series, it came out and it was indeed a hit. And in fact, it also is one of the things that really helped keep not just Batman in the limelight, but also helped propel Batman to a higher level of status. Batman as a comic character in the 60s, before the Adam West series, he wasn't at like the level that he is now anywhere close to it. So the Adam West series really did help. Generation of kids grew up with that version of Batman. But a lot of people weren't really feeling how campy that series was. There are elements to it that have a charm. I'm I'm personally not really that big a fan. I respect, but not really the biggest fan. In the 1970s, there was a transition and a change back to more serious comic stories, particularly with stuff written by Dennis O'Neill, a lot of great stories came out of the 70s, and that's really where Batman got his fight back. In the 1980s, before this movie came out, we got the seminal classic, The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller. Um, it has become, in a lot of ways, the definitive Batman story. A lot of subsequent movies that have come out since based some elements on this story. I think the story has some holes in it, but regardless, it still is iconic. So we get to 1989. By this point, we saw the Superman movies, pretty much all the Superman movies out. And that really let Warner Brothers know that, hey, we could do, this could be a hit. And so we get to Batman 1989, directed by Tim Burton. This movie, in a lot of ways, can be considered the grandfather of the modern superhero movement because it really did Once this movie came out, a lot of other studios would try and do superhero stuff and try and follow the Batman 89 formula. Didn't work in a lot of these cases. A lot of cases, the movies were ass. And that's not anything against this movie, but it is one of the more critical movies that came out in 1989. I believe it is, if it's not the highest box office draw in 1989, close to it. It defined Batman, again, for a generation of kids and set up a, not trilogy, uh, for for some, is it quadrilogy, a quadrilogy of movies, two from Tim Burton, two from Joel Schumacher, and 
it really did set off Batman on a whole new level of popularity with this, this success. With the success of its sequel, we got Batman the Animated Series. My personal pick for probably my favorite superhero animated series of all time. Set up the DCAU and set the standard for connected superhero universe. But all that being said, let's talk about the original 1989 Batman starring all those people that history generously went over and discussed. JT, your thoughts on Batman 1989? Because I... That was a lot of stuff that I just said. A lot of words. A lot of word bodies. So. I, I was wondering why you was talking about Joel Schumacher and shit, but we was talking about one Batman movie. You decided No, to I was setting the stage, Batman. kind of setting the stage of how important right. it is. But let's right. focus. Right. I, didn't, I, I, I do apologize for going Listen, off. I, I understand why you this whole oral report is because you wasn't alive when the motherfucking came out. So this is like nope. a history lesson to you. The rest of us, like, we were there. <laughs> I wasn't thought of. <laughs> History can't hear you. I said I wasn't I, thought of in 1989. Oh, no, I said that I was a fucking year old when that movie came out. So straight up on that one, bro. Like, yeah, Look, Batman. Batman seen some years, though. Batman. Never dance with the devil in pale moonlight. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is a... That is the the iconic statement though, though right there, man. So right. I yeah. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Yes. I do remember that statement several different times. Go ahead. Uh no, my favorite one is the Jack Nicholson. First the Jack Palance, the Jack, you are my number one guy. And then him repeating the lines to his guy, and then killing the guy a little bit later on in the movie. I find Jack Nicholson's performance. We often talk about how good Heath Ledger's performance is as Joker. And I think it's better. I think Mark Hamill is the best Joker, period. But through the years, we kind of we've kind of slept on Jack Nicholson as the as the Joker. He gives a like he's basically Jack Nicholson, but he gives a really good performance and a really fun one. Yeah, and he's, he's super such a mask. Oh yeah. It's such a it's a combination of golden age Superman, Superman, fucking my talking. Golden, age, golden age Joker and Bronze Age Joker, where he's that gangster who also has the pranking ability. Yeah, and I think Jack gives it's a really good performance from Jack. But again, I apologize, JT. I'm talking all over your time. My bad, man. Look, look at the end of the movie. Um, well, close to the end of the movie, Jack Nicholson pulls out this ridiculously long gun. And that is by far my favorite Joker gag in any Batman film. The Joker has never done anything so hilarious as Yeah, it just pulled out a pull fucking... Out shit, wait, like a goddamn five-foot-long barrel <laughs> and shoots and shot, the It brought down the Batwing, which is, which is even more... Like, what the fuck bullets were you using? Uh, millimeter. Oh my god. Wait, we can't also forget that like when Batman punched him in the mouth, he went like this. Oh. I mean, popped out the fucking guy, gags of teeth, dog. That was you wouldn't hit a guy with glasses, would you? Yeah, you would you hit a guy with glasses? Oh my god. That he it was so funny that like how much they did double down on the silliness of it but i just recently actually 
uh, heard this theory, um, and this is not me jumping into the next movies, but in theory, um, and this is on Reddit and a couple other uh, like fan like sites as well, is the fact that like a lot of people uh, believe that Batman and Batman Returns is the real Batman. And the actual theory is the Joe Schumacher Batman. So that's the Batman forever and on. It's actually just films of Batman. And one of the things that they used was uh, how they used to have the product placements and American Express cards. Like he said, never leave without it and shit like that. That's all product placements. And it shouts to the fact of like, that's a world where they're watching Batman movies. So that Batman that we've seen with Arnold Schwarzenegger and all the rest of those Arnold Schwarzenegger is still an actor. It's just we're watching the Batman movie from the perspective of Michael Keaton. Kind of like Andy is watching Buzz Lightyear when he's a kid, right before he decides to go get the actual Buzz Lightyear doll. So um, I I definitely do think that this was a serious one. It definitely comes with the gag itself. It felt fun at points of time. Um, I think if you're growing up in the 80s and you grew up in the 90s this is the best batman can we can we agree on that one no we cannot i like batman a little bit no no if you grew up in the 80s and 90s this is the best batman movie Uh, uh, i grew up in the 90s and 90s huh he just grew up in one of those decades i grew up in the 90s and i think I think as much as I like this one and the elements to it, I think Batman Returns is a little bit better. Again, I, that's we're, fair. We're talking about that one. Fair. We're talking about that one. Right that, that's funny. Why well, you say that's funny? I like Batman Forever because I thought that. Uh, no, I didn't say Forever. I said I mean Returns. Returns is the one that I think is better. You said Returns. That's with that's with yeah. Arnold and and uh, Uma Thurman, right? No, oh, Returns no. is Catwoman and Penguin. That's Catwoman and Penguin. Okay, that's Batman and Robin then with, with uh, Uma and Arnold. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Batman Returns is good because Catwoman was pretty decent in that one. Yeah. And uh, I thought Danny DeVito was a fabulous Penguin. But none of them were better than Jack Nicholson as the Joker. And I also thought Michael Keaton was a better Batman. He was more interesting than Val Kilmer or George Clooney. You know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 well, you know what I, mean? I thought that we was gonna start with this, this part of the about the fact of like uh, let's get the idea of like hey like the alley scene where it looked like they was gonna do the crime alley scene with uh, the Wayne family and it wound up just being a random fam- family, um, which kind of felt like the Batman the movie Robert Pattinson took honestly a little liberty to kind of redo for their recent movie. But um, when we look at it and then they show the actual Vicky Vale and um, I don't know the other guy that was supposed to be the reporter during that time as well. Huh? Okay. I do not care for Vicky She is too damn thirsty. Also, Alfred in this movie. My nigga, you bring her in the cave way too quick. We had a date. We had a date. We slept together one time, and you gonna bring her in the cave, my my guy? Nah, man. Oh, But this is the, this is what I want to say though. Like this is what I think that like made Michael Keaton the best Batman, and it was not. It was one of the least Batmany kind of like moments. It, 
it that's stupid wait, wait, though. Wait, 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 wait. Watch, watch what I'm saying though. Vicky Vale and Alexander yeah. they go inside of the actual uh the mansion and they're walking around and they're actually seeing the armory at the time and they're talking so much shit about Bruce Wayne. And Bruce Wayne initially met Vicky Vale in the middle of the ballroom and she said, "Well, it uh do you know who Bruce Wayne is?" And he said, "No, I don't know who that is." And then basically walked past her and left it alone. Then he meets sees her again at the, the armory. He's thinking behind him. They're talking shit. Don't even realize how much shit he's talking. And then there's a part of the scene where Alexander don't realize out of his peripheral that Bruce Wayne is standing right next to him, looking at the same armory set. And when uh, Alexander said, well, where's this from anyway? And Bruce answered, Japan. Well, how would you know? Because I bought it from Japan. It, it was such a fucking Batman moment because Batman was always kind of like, that was always a joke about how Batman kind of appears and disappears in the actual, uh, in everything. So I felt like that was a really Batman moment. I, obviously, uh, we can also talk about like uh, when Jack Nicholson and the rest of the Joker squad had uh, captured Vicky Vale at her apartment and shit like that. But those were really fucking good Batman moments. So I think that Michael Keaton, such a strong Batman and such a, uh, he commanded the presence of being Bruce Wayne and Batman. He showed that it's all the same person. Just one is just wearing a mask and a body armor at the same time. So um, that's why I think that Michael Keaton's Batman was a little bit better. Um, I think that Christian Bale does an amazing job, but I think that we kind of fall into the, the same kind of idea of like the Spider-Mans where we have like the follow Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland. Which one is the better Spider-Man? And um, we got to do that decision between uh Michael Keaton and Christian Bale when it comes to these two Batmans. But I apologize. JT, uh, continue on, on your perspective as well, man. What even was the last thing I said, dog? Y'all niggas talk I so said Vicky Bale ain't shit. He like, said Vicky Bale ain't shit. Yeah, yeah, Vicky Bale with her punk ass over here all up in the back cave <laughs> and shit. I'm pretty sure that Alfred let her up in the cave before she let Bruce up in hers. God damn. God damn. Come on now. Alfred over here like, oh, if, if, if Master Bruce fails, I will clean up after. <laughs> Come on, son. That's so fucking dirty. That's I don't, you know who's dirty? Alfred. He an ODB. That's all I'm trying to say. Oh, That's man. why I fucks with What him. I'm saying is ODB. that this is a fucking Disney, Disney relationship. They, they fucked one time. Once. And that was it. That was enough. Oh, Bruce can... No, my nick. Oh. Yeah, I'm with um, homie in the chat. Uh, Kev Kevin Conroy is Batman. I don't physical like whatever. He is Batman. He's better than Christian Bale. Better than Keaton. Better than Affleck. He's is Kevin Conroy. But yeah, Vicky Vale, terrible. She is my least. Her and old girl from Batman and Robin, my least liked uh, romantic interest for Batman and idiots. She is just. I mean, she's just a pretty woman. And again, Kim Basinger in the 80s, she was she was a bad lady, but that's about it. She's a nothing burger of character. I don't like damn. her. She's a nothing burger? God damn. Just find you don't get her. a nothing burger in HelloFresh. You don't get HelloFresh's burgers are delicious. <laughs> 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 
They do come up with some great meals. Oh, man, I've just looked at the menu, bro. They offer me a full vegetable meal. I'm fucking digging this. I'm going to show y'all this shit in a second. But, um... Yeah, man. Um, I definitely do. What up, Leaf Live TV? How y'all doing, man? Big shout out to you, homie. Uh, if you're looking at the uh, actual chat, bro, um, there is a current poll right now. Is Alfred an ODB? We're talking about Alfred from uh, the Batman films. Uh, so make sure that you're hitting your actual votes right now. You got less than five minutes on the clock right now. Uh, JP, I actually have another question. Go ahead. So, Big shout out to Leaf Dive and Shiro Kazi for that man murders a lot in the temple. He, he murders quite excessively. What do you think, just overall as a as an observer of this stuff? What how do you feel about the Batman killing conversation? How that goes? Like, how do you feel about that personally? I feel like it's one of those things where we're like, oops, he meant well, you know, like. That was the, the pretty much how they did was just like how the cops was looked at, man. Oh, well, he's trying to do some good. So what if he kills a couple of people? They were the bad guys. So, you know, it's very this, American. Yeah. And this one, he he actively murders people in that Ace Chemicals. He sets off a bomb. He autom- he automated drives in the battlefield and sets off a whole ass bomb. To explode a chemical factory. Like, yeah, they cracked the motherfuckers were just working there. Mind that whole security guard. Whole <laughs> Rufus the security guard. That dude was about to retire. The, Batman came The whole Boom. security guard is so <laughs> fucking bad. Boom. Retirement. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he did kill they killed off so many people. Um See, I've got an I've got one for you since we're on this whole since uh, JT smartly brought up the whole police element of, oops, uh, we killed the nigga. How do you feel about this version of Commissioner Gorsuch? Now, uh, he's played by older actor Pat Hangle, kind of a veteran in the game. How do you feel about him in comparison to some of the Commissioner Gordons that we've gotten, specifically Gary Oldman or uh, J.K. Simmons that we got in Snyder Cut? Um, I felt like this Gordon, I could never believe that this, all right. I believe that this Gordon was there when, um, Bruce Wayne family had got killed. I just can't believe that this Bruce Wayne would be a friend. I mean, this, uh, Gordon would be a friend to Bruce Wayne, which is kind of problematic because that's always been a dynamic, at least recent, um, like conversation that has always been the conversation is that he's been um like always a friend to bruce wayne now kudos to uh warner brothers for keeping the same guy being chief gordon over the the uh the whole series essentially so uh big shout outs to them for that um but i do think that he's just he's simple-minded man and chief gordon never was simple-minded he was always kind of like on par when it came to being a detective it's just the fact that he couldn't ever go to the dark side whereas batman could go to the dark side and do the shit that like i mean most police officers couldn't do dark side do you mean like kill somebody because i'm pretty sure that's what the frick the 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 the, the oops we killed the nigga Right. So, like, when you say that shit, it don't fucking matter. <laughs> I do 
agree with uh, how uh, Buddy in the chat is, and I apologize that I can't say his name correctly because my vision is the best. Comes off as kind of an oath. Comes off as kind of a competent, but not really, not, not really the best. And I think that it that also, and I'm glad that you brought up that point of he's in all four movies, which shoots down the theory of this is all connected because the actor who plays Alfred is also in all four movies. And that would be kind of weird if Alfred is now an actor. He's just like, yeah, uh, Bruce is Batman, so not a public goes by, but anyway, JT. He could be a consultant. <laughs> he could be a consultant to the films. Mr. JT, we've talked, we've hit on Batman, we've hit on the Joker. Let's hit on an element that I feel is crucial to making the world of Batman critical. Gotham City. Now, my version of Gotham City, the one I prefer is from the animated series where it's perpetually with the red sky. In current year, there's still fucking blimps going around and stuff like that. Gotham City is just as important of a character to Batman in any of the movies that he's been in Absolutely. as any other character, as Batman, Gordon, the villains. How do you feel this portrayal and this vision of Gotham is shown in Batman 89? I think the, the 89 version of, of, of Gotham had a lot of stuff right with the, with the gothic uh, aesthetics that they had all over the place. You know, really kind of a kind of a, a, a dusk, dank, creepy kind of town. You know what I'm saying? I thought it set the mood well, and it was something that uh, people tried to emulate in all of the rest of the movies. So you know, they did it pretty well. Uh, part of you know, part of part of the whole Batman identity is he is the son of Gotham. You know what I'm saying? So like, Gotham needs to reflect Bruce Wayne in certain ways. He needs to know all the little ins and outs of it. You know what I'm saying? He, oh, he, you know, he used to get out through the the old tunnel system, the old train system, the sewer system. You know what I'm saying? He got hidden areas. He press a button and this little this this trash can moves over, and he can drive his car up in this building and shit. You know what I'm saying? So like, Gotham is is like tattooed on Batman. And if you don't really get a good sense of that when you watch Batman, and they didn't do Gotham justice. But I think they did pretty good in Batman 89. Nice. Jason, what's your thoughts on uh, Gotham as a character in this movie? Um, I liked it. Um, I think that um, it makes the Superman movies look bad, especially when you look at like uh, the movies versus the cartoons. <laughs> It makes the, the the Superman movies look bad because of the fact that the Superman movies feel like they're downgrade to the actual um, the aesthetic of what you think about these towns. Like you think of Metropolis, you think about futuristic, you think about like a clean kind of wholesome place. And even though like I guess you would say Metropolis is supposed to be like a version of New York. Gotham is New York, right? And it feels that dark and gritty. It gets that kind of like that underbelly uh, scene. And then you watch this Batman in 1989 movie. It feels like, for the most part, like a roaring 20s, I mean, Batman movie, uh, uh, Gotham. Whereas you look at Superman, Superman is supposed to be more current day. 
And those motherfuckers look like they they kind of shit the bed in technology in a lot of ways, you know. Uh, and it looked like they at points in time they tried to go with Gotham just with sunlight, you know. So it, I, I liked Gotham being uh, a specific town of basically like crime just is going to happen no matter what. And people got to just live their life no matter what. Another thing that I would say that I thoroughly enjoyed is the scene when it was in the parade. Uh, You've seen the, the actual balloon floats down there and points in time you've seen where there's supposed to be a train track right there, but then the actual balloon is still just kind of going down the town. And these people are trying to like hustle up this money and shit like that. It, it showed like these people and like you, they showed true squalor in this one. Whereas the other ones just seemed like it was just too clean. Even in the new Batman movies, everybody else just looked like Bat, uh, New York was just uh, Gotham was gentrifying like a motherfucker and just it happened to have gangsters there. Um, and then the last thing is uh, the closest thing I can think of is Gotham. The TV show has done a really good job at kind of getting close to it. But I don't think that no other like movie or TV show has gotten to that same level of Gotham like they did in Batman and Batman Return. Yeah, I agree with both of you. Uh, I think you really do get the feel of Gotham and the aesthetic. And I think that the one big critique that I have for the Christopher Nolan trilogy, which I love, I think it's that Gotham, you can tell it's Chicago. With the exception of the first movie where we're in the narrows, that Arkham stuff where you really kind of feel Gotham, you don't really get that. It's Chicago. It's Pittsburgh in The Dark Knight Rises. It's Detroit in uh, BVS in, in those movies. And I will say this just kind of get my bit on it. I think the other Gotham that actually looks the best is from the Batman because from the recent Batman, because the element of it always feel like it's raining and it's damn near depressing living in Gotham. I think that does come through in the movie, but I hit on him quickly and I do want to get y'all get both of y'all on the guy behind the movie director. Oh, sorry. Go right ahead. Because you say that it's always raining. And even though I was stationed out there and I never had this, I felt like I never got this experience like a lot of people got. Um, do you feel like it would have been better to shoot Batman in a town, uh, a city like Seattle instead? I don't think so. I don't because think Seattle is big enough. Like it, like you said, like Gotham had in New York kind of stand in with each other. And I think that Seattle doesn't, it rains a lot, but I don't think it's overly depressing like 1980s, 1970s New York can be. And I think that's, that kind of comes through in those. But well, the only reason why I want, go ahead. Uh, no, no well, I want to get you guys to on, because we've shit talked directors over the last month when it came to the MCU. Mm -hmm. And I want to want you guys to give kind of your, your bits on the guy behind the movie. Tim Burton. Now, before I go to JT, because I because it's something that I hit on with Taika Waititi, and we were talking about the Thor movies. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was known before, and Tim Burton has even said he didn't really read Batman comics or anything like that. 
before, like coming into the project. And so he didn't really have an idea of the character until he started working on the project and kind of getting familiar. And I mentioned The Dark Knight Returns because that's one of the things that he kind of read on to kind of get up on Batman. But what do you guys think? And we'll start and I want to get to JT first of Tim Burton and what he brought to not just this movie in particular, but to Batman as a character and Batman movies as kind of a broader macro view of what of what's going on with the Batman. I think Tim Burton brought a delightful level of wackiness. And with his wackiness, like one of the biggest problems of any superhero video like movie or whatever that they do with its live action is it just gets it's the characters are so fantastical it's somewhat unbelievable when you try to make them real and i think tim burton did a good job at making his characters wacky and believable as we sit there watching them in the flesh and so that was one of the good things that he really brought because when you look at somebody like the penguin danny devito did a perfectly believable penguin you know what I'm saying? Like, that was a little short, twisted dude, you know, and, and that was the Penguin. Yeah, that's what it was. And it felt like somebody like that could exist in this world that is presented. You know what I'm saying? And so, and Jack Nicholson's bat, like his, his, his uh, alter, you know, he, he's the ant- antithetical Batman, the Joker is, because all he wants is chaos and, and lack of order and stuff. But the way he went about it in his diabolically delightful way was very enjoyable. And so, you know, it wasn't it wasn't all pure malice. There was a there was a joke in there and there was a, a jovial sense of cruelty. And it was so like it, it was it it added a lot of flavor to what we got. You know what I'm saying? So I think that uh, Tim Burton really he added he added the crazy in the right way to the right level when we watch these movies. Jason, how you feel? Uh, Mr. Burton did on. I'm going to change my real, I'm going to change my screen name to just my government after this, but, it's okay. Homie. Um, but I felt like it was not surprising that like Tim Burton would have did a film like this. You see, this guy came off of doing Edward Scissorhands, um nightmare before christmas is a little bit after this um but he did a lot of the strange films so it doesn't surprise me that this batman came out to be this batman even if you never read the source material because he it it it, it truly shows you that batman is a gothic film or, or product it's a gothic product and uh it's no matter what way that you're going to size it up at all you can write this gothic product if you are part of that gothic uh like lifestyle i think that that's why it's so easy to see the difference between christopher nolan and joe schumacher which i want to say joe schumacher was the same guy who did like good burger the movie Good Burger. Um, wait, let me double check. Like, uh, all right. So Batman Forever. He's the same guy who did The Lost Boys, Falling Down. That's the Michael Douglas film. A Time to Kill, Phone Booth, uh, Number 23. Like, 
all of those movies had a sense of like dark humor. He even did Car Wash. Um, all of these films in had a sense of like oh we're supposed to be dark but there's a lot more comedy to it or it feels like dark humor to it as well and whereas like being gothic there's nothing to laugh about it's just we're here and that there may be some chaotic shit about it but it's just it's still very dark no matter what there's nothing that's really laughable about the idea that you as a character, you are tired of the fact that uh, Christmas is taking over your time, uh, your time of the year. So that's why we have this guy, Jack Skelton, going over there and he's going to scare the shit out of kids and basically make these destructive toys for them to open up during Christmas. There's nothing good about knowing a boy who was being abused so badly and that actually went through so much mutilation that he has to have scissor fingers instead of regular like amputated like normal like prosthetics right we're gonna put scissors on that motherfucker hands there's nothing like really uh fun about it but we find uh humor in tried uh in tragedy or trauma and that's definitely what a goth lifestyle is and so um it doesn't surprise me that tim burton came up with this product that's the long story short on that one which by the way the poll is updated what city could represent uh gotham uh seattle chicago new orleans detroit and you can name yours in the chat so uh oh somebody voted new orleans i vote i agree with the new orleans vote <laughs> but thank you both of you guys make excellent points and i think it's and i want to i'm not gonna step on any of what y'all just said i think it's important that it's a lesson that i wish studios would learn more and would pay more attention to let the director's vision come through more because you can't confuse this and Batman Returns with any other director. Like you couldn't watch and be like, oh, who made this? Quentin Tarantino? Nah, this is, these are Tim Burton's movies. He brings himself into them. To an extent, Joel Schumacher does that with his movies. Like the Monat, those are him. Christopher Nolan does it with his movies and Zack Snyder does it with his movies. Too often, studios will have these movies too generic, too samey. And when you do have a director who has some vision or has flair, a lot of times that stuff ends up getting snuffed out. Now, James Gunn has been able to do that with the Guardians movies and some other directors. Think Tim Burton, you really see and you feel like, okay, these movies are Tim Burton products, are Tim Burton movies. And I think that having a director with a vision and having a director who is willing to have some best way I can put it to have some flair to it. I think that's respectable, but um, I didn't mean to kind of pilot and take over this section. Uh, oh, no, 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 it's fine. Uh, actually, I have, a, I have a, even uh, uh, a better question. Um, I personally feel like because of the fact that you have a person who hasn't read the source material, um, they sometimes make a better product than the original material. And I feel like a lot of times that this uh, Tim Burton Batman has become the template for what Batman is. It's kind of the same thing with uh, that happened with Mortal Kombat, with Kano, uh, the character, Goro's uh, storyline, um, Jax, and so on. So uh, when you, do you feel like 
because of the fact that we have a person like Tim Burton who came up with this uh, this film essentially off a of whim without knowing the source material, uh, or Taiki Waititi uh, with his uh, mindset on the the product as well, or what's the directors for? I'm I'm trying to look at their names right now. Um, the Russo brothers. No, for Game of Thrones, those dudes didn't even read the material. They didn't even do traditional like film school. And uh, DB Weiss, I think that's what they the, the, the original guys who made it. Um, they didn't even see the David uh, Benoff and DB Weiss. Yeah, those guys didn't even read the original source material for Game of Thrones, uh, and it became a household name. So, do you feel like? Uh, people who don't read the source material and it's just basically go on a whim. Uh, do you think that they make a pro- better product or or do you think that they no. give... Go ahead. What you going to say, JT? Fuck no. The problem is the people that don't read the source material think, oh, let me get this character and it'd be fun if I did this shit with this character. And then it's... <sighs> It's like looking at Pac-Man and being like, hey, you know what would be cool? If Pac-Man could just eat a ghost. Just outright. He just eats the ghost. Nah, he doesn't need to get a super marble or whatever to make the ghost edible. He just eats the ghost. It destroys the whole basis of what Pac-Man is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it destroys the whole way that Pac-Man goes and he, and, he, and he can go on the offensive. And so in the same way, these people who don't respect or know about their history... They want to come in and do some new shit with the character that's never been done. They don't even fucking know if it's ever been done. And then lo and behold, it actually has been done before in the comics better, but they wasn't, they wasn't humble enough to just go and check and see what had happened previously. They thought they could just take it from here. Oh, I know what Batman got. He got a utility belt and he's Bruce Wayne and his parents died. Okay. I can take it from here. There is so much more to that shit. World's greatest detective. We still ain't seen the world's greatest detective in a, in a in a in a good movie yet. We still haven't had a nice tight puzzle game. You know what I'm saying? We should just have some shit with Calendar Man or whatever, and it's just Batman trying to figure out what the fuck this crazy dude is doing. That would be much more enjoyable than watching the Batman over again. But absolutely not, man. These directors are coming and they're actually disadvantaged by not looking at the source material. I can totally get trying to do something new and be like, look, I don't want to be too affected. But if you don't at least go do your due diligence and read and figure out what this character absolutely would not do, then you do everybody who is a fan of that character a disservice. You shit on it by trying to reinvent the wheel. You say that everything that came before me is not good enough and I'm the shit. That's what you're saying when you don't look up that stuff. And let me tell you, whenever people do it, the movie is not nearly as satisfying as the folks who actually understand, honor, and revere the characters that they fill. Um, because I think that like wasn't Joe Schumacher a big fan of it too? From what I remember, Joe Schumacher was a big fan of it. And he was more of a fan of the '60s TV show. Yeah, so I that's because that, that's what he was trying to make. He was trying to re- remake that '60s, right? Yeah, it's risky. I think if you you should at least read up on some shit. If you're, that's like if I do a biography of Abraham Lincoln and I don't do any research on him and I make up stuff that didn't happen. Make up a vampire. Like Abe Lincoln had Like, you know, you're just lying and embellishing a little bit. But I think a good place to kind of wrap up our Batman 89 conversation would be overall, like first, so 
from each of you guys, what's your absolute favorite scene in the movie and what's your rating of the movie? So we'll start with the man himself, History. His name's not Jason, it's History. <laughs> um, so I... Your best scene, best scene in the movie, and then your overall rating. Well, no, it's not, it's not that. Uh, I have a hard time um, saying what's my best scene is. Um, uh, okay. Um, I like the fact that uh, the scene where he freaked out in front of the girl and he made it seem like his face was all, all burning. And she went to go check out his ass. And then all of a sudden he looked at her and it just is like, it was just fucking messed up from the makeup and shit like that. And she didn't know how to handle that shit. I think that whole dinner date scene between Joker and Vicky Vale probably was my favorite scene out of the whole. Um, like, I guess, com- like overall scenes, I guess you would say, that was my favorite out of the whole film. Um, I do think that like as a kid though, the thing that stuck out to me was the orange Nickelodeon color gra- green gas that was coming out of the fucking uh blips. That probably was stuck to me because the fact that you like I said again, it looks like Nickelodeon gas that's being that big shout out to Nihilus for the sub, yo. You don't understand. Also, Nihilus. If you don't know, we actually have our HelloFresh promo going on right now. Um, you can get 16 free meals if you use this promo code, which is Papa Oscar Golf Hotel Foxtrot 4581. Papa Oscar Golf Hotel Foxtrot 4581. Who don't want no damn free food? HelloFresh is trying to feed the world, baby, with this promo code. Come on, get yourself something to eat three different times this week. Um, With that, uh, thanks a lot for your sub, man. Appreciate that. Um, But yeah. What is your rating for the movie? Um, As a kid, I would say that this is a winner. Um, As an adult, I would say that this is a... this is an edger. And that's because of, unfortunately, I've seen the Christopher Nolan movies. And that's because of the fact that I've also seen Batman Fantasma. Um, I've seen Killing Joke. I've seen a lot of other shit that just makes it so strong, uh, make the other material strong. The, also, the, the animated show was right after that as well. Um, I think that there is so much more material out there that makes me fall in love with Batman. I don't think that Batman and Batman Returns makes me fall in love with it. All right. All right. JT, um, what is your favorite scene or sequence in the movie? And you're right. Favorite scene is the bell tower. And I still think the movie's a winner. I think that everything got pulled off right in that mug. And uh, even after all this time, it's still delightfully campy. Yeah. And- a lot of the effects were practical effects so we don't have a lot of shitty dated cgi a lot keyword there we did a little bit but you know we, we didn't have a lot of uh, of crappy stuff that's just ain't gonna look right so uh yeah i think the movie holds up relatively well in comparison to other 1989 titles yeah but, uh, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, just it's it's a consummate Batman film. It is it is very gothic. It is very somewhat ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? But it's also very well acted, and it's it takes itself the right amount of serious. And I think that is the hard the hardest part to pull off is making sure that you're not too serious that you're also not too silly. And I think this one tiptoed the line real good. Yes. Uh, I For me, I will say that this is, I think, my favorite sequence. And it's funny because we all we all think in scenes with Joker. And I think that if you kind of reflect on a lot of Batman, the problem is that villains can often outshine Batman. But that's a different discussion for a different day. Uh, it's getting late in the night. But I'll give you my favorite scene. It is... It's the entire reveal of him as Joker, starting with him in the the, sh- the back alley doctor's office with him asking for the mirror and smashing it and then just laughing. And then we go to boss, uh, I think it's Gresham or Grissom's apartment, and we see that slow reveal, him being angry and him just being pissed off like, you you had me killed over a woman, you bitch. Like, you, you let a skirt kill me. I was your number one guy. And then that reveal of call me. Excellent scene. Like, I would say this. And again, I'll like, we're not talking about all the other movies. I think the reveal of Heath Ledger as the Joker, the Dark Knight, that whole opening sequence, I think that's better, but it is hard to top that sequence, that reveal, him taking off the hat the Joker and him just shooting the shit out of him laughing and then just be like, Oh, that's a thing I did and moving on for me. That always sticks to me. And as a Simpsons fan, they reference that scene of him breaking and the mirror. They reference that in the Simpsons. So yeah, for me, it's the entire reveal of him and his new face as the Joker. That's what I feel is the best scene in the movie. And I think it is an edger for a movie, in my opinion. I personally feel of the two Burton movies, I like Batman Returns just a little bit more. But I still think it's a, a really good movie. There's some good performances in this. Vicky Vale, be damned. Uh, Alfred's choices, be damned. There's a lot of stuff that I like in this movie. Michael Keaton's cool. Jack Nicholson, excellent. And, of course, the some of the music by Prince and... I think if you're a new to Batman fandom, this is a good film to start with. I think you might not want to jump right into the deep end of the Nolan stuff. You uh, see the Batman animated series. I think this perfect place for you to start. It is basically it's basically Batman one hundred and one. Yeah, like it's that it's the intro class to Batman. Now, history, I think you're here to wrap things up. I, you mean, I, I am, and um, I, I really wanted to like throw out this one more thing too, is that again, the only reason why it's an edger to me is because of the fact that, like I said, they had a, if I didn't know that there was this other material out there for Batman, I would say this is honestly just a winner. But because of the fact that we have kind of progressed over the years, we have more content for Batman. It just feels like this hands down 
still feels like it's a really damn good movie. It does an amazing. JT kind of hit on the fact that the green screen, which by the way, this movie technically starts off with a bad green screen because you see the green screen of the picture of like the supposed to be movie Gotham. And then all of a sudden the random shadow that's kind of like pixelated <laughs> out of Batman. But um, if it wasn't for those other films, I do think that like if we had to go based off of the original four movies this is hands down the uh like damn return is so fucking good and i keep um and i i almost wish that we would have watched that one over this one uh return is so fucking good jamel i think that you're on something with that one man it it, it would have to be two one three four um, i mean honestly it's, when is the uh, winner it, all the way down to loser i've with JT, like JT hits on a lot of great points of why this is a winner. And I think that for me, it's kind of a one, one eighth type of situation where it's like, you can't go, the Burton movies, for me, they balance a lot of character. And I think that it's just, you feel the spirit of the director in this one. And you do. Again, you can't, do. JT said it's a winner. I can't, like, I can't knock that. I can't be mad at that. Oh, I'm not it's mad good, at it at all. It's still a good time. I, I, I'm not mad at it at all. I think, though, like, it still makes me feel like it's an edger now. But if if I was going off of, like, my last film being seen is Batman and Robin, uh, unfortunately, this will be a winner if it was based off of that time period. Um, as far as, like, now that I know that there's a Christopher Nolan one, there's uh, the animated movies that they just kind of, like, went ham on in the past, like, 10 years, um, I just feel like it it depreciates the value of it, unfortunately. What you're saying is you can't be objective. Got it. <laughs> no, I'm being objective as much as possible. I'm being objective no, as much as possible. I don't want to discuss with y'all. Other material that's out there. Huh? Yeah, it's just it's just so much. It's just so it's hard to be objective when you got so much material. This came out before it. How is the movie before it and everything else be damned? How is the movie? Like I said, it's an edger. I would say it's an edger, hands down. No, oh, but the only reason you say that is because you know about other Batman shit. Yeah, but I mean, Terminator... You see how that means you are not being objective. I get where you're going with it, but I'm just yeah, saying... I, because I, I, I'm done. I'm done with you, Negroes, for the night. Uh, <laughs> speaking of that, uh, as we give uh, JT the award for being the saltiest motherfucker on stream today, uh, and not having uh, be All right, very... Dude. Yeah, be very dissuaded because of the fact that like we don't have the same opinion as his. Uh, I crown you, sir, reverence, <laughs> salty yes tonight. Uh, unlike our Hello Fresh, <laughs> unlike our uh, sponsors today, Hello Fresh, which does provide us with some of the, the better bills right now. I'm actually going to see if I can do this right now, man. Uh, I'm going to actually switch over to all. Uh, Hello Fresh. I did pick veggies. I picked the family meals. Um, I supposed to use the promo code. So two meals for four people per week. I'm going to try to see how it goes. So you're supposed to select this plan. I'm going to go with that. Select this plan. 16 meals free. Hold on, it's only $35 for a box? What? <laughs> well, that's the thing that was kind of weird, bro. So here, I'm going to double check this real fast. 
so yeah, first box is $35.92. Yep, that's that's the deal. Yep. That's with me using the promo code. So I'm gonna I'm gonna show you again the promo code real fast. So I'm gonna go right here, boom, and then here's the promo code. Uh we're gonna go right there to it. Yeah, the price looks fucking pretty decent. All right, it's going to take a sweet time loading. I see you. It's because I'm running a bunch of shit in the background. I see you. I see what you're doing. Where can they find you, JT? <laughs> yeah, there you go, right there. So, yeah, if you didn't have that promo code, you'd be paying $86.91. Uh, because you had that, pro, uh, that promo code right there, boom, it's select this plan. Uh, I'm gonna switch the screen off real fast, and then you go ahead, JT. Tell them what they, what people can find you. You can find me on here on Thursdays, and maybe, 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 maybe I'll get the What's Up It's Us guys back together for a little Tiny Tina's uh, Dungeon Keep or whatever that bug is. Okay. Um. So explain to us what that is, man. Uh, the, the Borderland shooter. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, gotcha. Um, I really want to do like a fucking episode with uh with um uh, what's up is us, man. I feel like that that would be the most chaotic episode that we could possibly Bring do. It back. We have to do a what's up is us episode and then have it where we just completely do I, I say what I said. I feel like that would be so fucking crazy of an episode. Oh man, you gotta invite him on. Okay, uh, definitely, uh, definitely do that, man. But well, you to connect, bro. You gotta be the connect, homie. You, you, you the person. You the you the gatekeeper in this conversation. So, um, all right, I'm finishing up my my order right now. Uh, so you gotta kind of see in a second. Actually, it's showing too much private information. I am going to say fuck this <laughs> and just move on to this. JT, uh, Jamel, where can people find you, bro? Eastside Reviews on TikTok and on YouTube. Follow me uh, on Instagram at Jamel727. And of course, Thursdays here for Historical Voices. Awesome sauce. And then also on top of that, uh, with that, um, you can find me every uh, Thursday on the actual Historical Voices from the East Side podcast. I promise I will get started on making history, history making podcasts again. As uh, soon as I get this thing up and running, I want to get Historical Voices, like keeping good. I'm having too much fun with this, but I really want to get this actually eventually kind of going some more uh, before I start going back into uh, making history, history making podcasts. Uh, but also, um, Friday nights, I'll be uh, Friday nights and Saturday nights. I'll be playing Evil Dead with some playing uh, friends doing some survivor horror mo uh, films. I'm thinking about doing a tournament and for my homie um, uh, Grimlock again, just because of uh, doing the biggest roast. We can't do a tournament without doing the biggest roast, which is ours uh, Survivor King uh, King of the Hill tournament. But um, I just Think that we got to do it, uh, do the biggest roast, not Survivor King of the Hill, uh, Forever King, King of the Hill, um, uh, tournament. Um, with that, uh, JT, as we come to the end, man, we we usually always try to do the best that we can when it comes to actually, uh, wrapping up this chaos and making sure that we kind of 
narrow it down and make this feel like uh, it's kind of a cool experience for people. Uh, making sure that it's a comfortable for experience for people because we didn't we didn't unpack a lot of shit. Now we gotta make sure that we walk out to the world. So JT, do me a favor, man. Hit these people with the voice of reason. What the voice is telling me today, y'all? Have you ever done mindfulness training? Mindfulness training is when you actually just sit quietly and you focus on your breathing. And then you notice the thoughts that pop up in your head and you realize, I don't have to react to these thoughts right now. So often some shit comes up in life and we just feel like we gotta do something immediately. We gotta go, we gotta go. Ah, ah, life is coming. Nah, you can actually take a deep breath and you can just post up. You can look around and you can gather your thoughts. You can take your sweet, precious time and make sure that you make the decision you're comfortable with. Ain't nobody gonna rush you, baby, unless you let them. So, word of the day is, slow down, take your time, think, listen for the voice, because the voice will tell you which way to go. 